Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. How can short-term missions help local pastors and missionaries further the gospel? How can we be strategic? Well, we're going to talk about that and a little bit more. This is the Engaging Missions Show, Episode 201 with Tony Svensson. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Thanks so much for joining us. We want to provide a way for thousands of people to hear a message, make connections, and take action. This week, we're going to be talking about developing strategy, building partnerships, about how short-term missions can yield growth, and more. I also I have two podcast recommendations for you, and I also have for you two opportunities for partnership that I'm going to share at the end. Now, the first podcast recommendation is From the Forefront at fromtheforefront.com. This is a podcast by Scott McClelland of FX Missions. It's his second podcast. It's long-form interviews. It's great. I think you're going to enjoy it. I'm just going to ask that you go ahead and check that out at fromtheforefront.com. And then I will be back after we hear a little bit from our guest with another recommendation. So we're going to go right to our time with Tony Svensson. Okay, today I am incredibly excited to have with me Tony Svensson. If you've been following the show for a while, you might remember him from episode 165. That was back in November of 2016. Now it's several months later, and he's returning to share with us more stuff. Now, Tony is with E3 Partners. He's based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, but he also does a good bit of stuff in Ireland. And today we're going to talk about something that he can speak into because of how he's approaching ministry. And what we're talking about is using short-term missions as it integrates with long-term strategies. So, Tony, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is an absolute pleasure. And I'm especially happy to have you back on the show. As we're recording this, you're actually a couple weeks out from going on a trip. So would you mind, before we get into this, just sharing a little bit about what's upcoming for you? Yeah, absolutely. We're getting ready for for Ireland. So we've mobilized a team here in the States, and so we've got people from all over the U.S., and we're going to take a team of nine to Northern Ireland. And so our goal is to work with our national leader there, Andrew Clements. And so we'll partner with him to go in as, as catalyst to really open up the mission field there for them, just flood that, that area with the gospel and look for people who want to be discipled and start forming healthy churches. And so we'll use this as an opportunity for really for the, to train and equip Ireland leaders. So as we leave, they'll hopefully continue this work and, you know, the fruit that, that, is born from this mission trip will, will last and be nourished and multiply. Wow, that, that's great. Now, as we're kicking this off and we're focusing on short-term missions, I'm wondering, could you share from your experience how you've seen short-term missions have a positive impact in people's lives? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's one of the, the biggest things that really when we first got it, got started in missions was the the impact that we saw that short-term missions had on people's lives was just amazing. And it was really encouraging for us to see how people, when they stepped out in faith, kind of stepped out into a, an area that may have been a little bit uncomfortable at first, and how God really used them it really transformed their lives. And that was a big encouragement for us. And we've really seen people that have taken that step of faith, they, they experience God just on a different level. And I think that's been really neat to see how when you take somebody on the mission field and they are, you know, it's taking a whole week or two weeks and they're getting up and they're praying and they're having fellowship with other believers and they're, they're ministering you know, for the sake of the gospel. And it, it really just draws people into a closer relationship with God and really changes their, their overall, I think, view of, of what ministry is and what their calling is in their life when they come back. And hopefully that I know has been a catalyst for many people to get involved in long-term missions. You know, a lot of long-term missionaries start off with short-term mission trips. And so we've seen that happen in just a lot of people's lives. And even people that don't go into long-term missions, we see people that just get a burden for missions overall, just from a short-term mission trip. Well, that, that's great. And, you know, along with those good good things that you've shared, all those positive things and the changes that you've seen in people's lives, I'm also of the, the opinion that we should consistently be looking for ways to improve and to grow. And I'm wondering if you could call out maybe one thing that we might be able to do better in short-term missions. Yeah, I think short-term missions, There's there's been a lot said, I think, over the years about whether short-term missions is good or bad, or and there's certainly both. And I think the one thing that can really be improved upon with short-term missions is really tying short-term missions into a long-term strategy. And so I think sometimes we, we have the greatest of intentions in, in taking short-term missions, and, and we do some really good things, but unless it's really tied into a long-term strategy... A lot of times it's not going to bear fruit in the future, or we're not going to equip people to where the work that we do while we're there is going to continue on in the future. And so we have to be really intentional about how we think about what we're doing with our time and resources as we're investing in these short-term mission trips. You know, how does it tie into a long-term strategy? How is it equipping nationals? How is it helping you know people on the ground, whether it be vocational missionaries or indigenous pastors or missionaries or, or ministries? How is it helping them to further and advance the gospel as we come and we go, you know, we come back to our lives, but the the ministry still has to continue. And so we have to think real intentionally about how we use short-term missions as a tool and as a catalyst for future future growth. Well, I, I love that you shared that. And I know that this strategic approach is really kind of near and dear to your heart. I'm wondering, do you have a story from your experience about how God used short-term, a short-term trip to really build on or develop a long-term strategy? Yeah, well, for seven years, I was, I was working, you know, on Team Uganda for E3. And over the years, you know, we had led a lot of trips and, and we really had a burden for really developing, you know, a long-term strategy that would use these short-term missions. And so that was really our focus. And, and really the first three years, we kind of struggled through it. And, and I think as we began to develop the strategy, we, we found that the short-term missions began to get stronger and stronger and our teams began to develop. And, and what we were seeing on, on the ground is, is that all the things that we were doing were tying into a long-term strategy helped, you know, the people that were there. 
So we would partner with people and thinking about what the community needed. Ultimately, our goal was to plant churches. And so we would partner with other ministries and we would go and we'd plant a church and then find out what were the needs in the community. So one of our one of our first trips to Uganda, we you know planted a church and we found that there was a great need for meeting the needs of orphans in, in the community. And so through the church, we were able to help them establish an, an orphanage. And then as the years gone on, we found partners who had a real passion for orphans. And it tied into the church to where the church became kind of the center of that work so that in the community, the church was the one recognized for doing the work, not just the Western missionaries coming in, doing good things, and then leaving. It was really the church that became kind of the center for that. And it was just a great opportunity for the community to see that the church was at the center of all the work that was being done. And there was, you know, a farm project that was started as a, as a result of that. There were, you know, wells that went in and, and were drilled and provided water for the community for that. And all of that was just surrounded by, you know, the work of the gospel and the work of the church. And so it really helped that community to see a lasting impact that the church was at the center of. And so it was really, it was just really kind of God just shining his light into that community. And it was done through the church. So it wasn't just, again, Western missionaries coming in to save the day. It was really, our focus was that, that God would be the center of it all and, and that his church would get the glory for it all. And so that was, you know, a long-term strategy that, that started just incrementally building. And, and eventually it became something that was really, really quite awesome. So w- was there something that was a catalyst or something that kind of set you off in this in that direction and then helped develop clarity around that? How, how did that kind of come about? I think it was always our intention. I mean, and that's kind of the really part of the, the larger strategy of E3 Partners. Partners in our name is really seeking to develop because we are so focused on church planning. You know, we want to go in, we, we, we share the gospel, we make disciples, we plant churches. But we also realize, you know, the larger context of any community, like we do a lot of community transformation work or medical ministry, Mm -hmm. or we've got a lot of things that we do, but it's all centered around the church. And so we realize that, you know, we're not experts in all the other areas. So why not partner with other ministries, other churches, other people that have a passion for those things and allow them to partner with the work through the church so that, again, the church becomes the center focal point for that community and all the work that's being done. And we found that that just, again, it puts the gospel at the center of our work. And so drilling a well, for example, and giving clean water is giving living water as well because the church is right there as a part of it. So it really makes a big difference in the community. And, and that's the, our ultimate goal is, is to make an impact, a lasting, eternal impact in that community that we're working in. Yeah, I, I love that vision. And I especially love the, the, the statement that you made about not being the experts in everything. I think that, at least for me, as a typical North American, I, I have a hard time admitting that I'm not really good at everything. And I, I love the humility that comes out of that. I'm wondering, we've talked about the strategy and how this was always kind of part of where you were headed is there anything that God's been showing you or revealing to you in the last few months or the last year? Oh, yeah. And I think, I think it's becoming more and more apparent that as I go out and really labor in, in the fields, that the harvest, the harvest is plentiful. I mean, there's so much work to be done. And, you know, as we go out and sh- we share the gospel and we see people 
you know, come to faith in Jesus Christ. And, you know, there's so much work to be done that we really need to raise up more laborers for the harvest. And so we're really praying to that end that God would raise up laborers in this time because we, we, we tend to put the focus on trying to save the world by every means except for the gospel. And so the, if the gospel doesn't take center stage, then we're missing out on, on an opportunity. And so I, I would say that God has really just instilled in me over and over again that, again, gospel is central, and we just need to raise up more laborers. And, and we have access to the greatest army on the planet, the, the church. Hmm. And a lot of, a lot of for the most extent, we're just not engaged in, in the warfare that we're supposed to be engaged in. And so we're really trying to raise up those labors to show people that, that God can use them in his, in his harvest fields to, to share the gospel, make disciples, plant healthy churches, and multiply to the ends of the earth. Wow. I love that. And I realize, you know, on some level, you're probably preaching to the choir right now because the people that would be <laughs> subscribed to a show like this, many of them are already kind of where you are or are very missional in their approach. But if you could take just 30 seconds or a minute and encourage somebody to take a next step, what would you share with them? I would just say get involved. I mean, that, again, the opportunity in your local church, the opportunities are, are abundant. And through, you know, some of the things that we're involved in, you know, with the No Place Left Network, there's opportunities to get trained, you know, and equipped locally. And really what we're finding is when you get equipped locally for ministry, you're more apt to get involved in long-term missions. Mm. And it's kind of a paradigm shift a little bit because we used to, you know, try to get people on a short-term mission trip. So we would mobilize to get to movement. Yeah. And I think now what we're finding is we're getting to movement and it's mobilizing people for missions. And so there's opportunities locally to get involved, to get equipped. And again, it's... There's no lack of ministry opportunity. It's just a matter of, of taking that first step of getting involved, getting equipped, and then and then going. Wow, so true. Definitely no lack of opportunity around here. I, I know that's true. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to shift our focus a little bit more to the nuts and bolts of what we're going to be talking about. If you've ever tried to find books or podcasts related to missional living, missions church planting, that kind of thing, and specifically audiobooks and podcasts, you may want to check out missionalaudio.com. It's a resource that I've been working on to help us find these amazing resources. This week, I'm featuring one of the books that's listed there. This book is called Back to Joy, An Intimate Journey with Jesus into Emotional Health and Maturity. The book is by Tony M. Daniels. She was a guest on the show, and I really enjoyed her story and also the book. If you'd like to find that, visit missionalaudio.com and just look for Back to Joy. And you may also find some other amazing podcasts or audiobooks to check out. And if you know of a podcast or an audiobook that you think might be a great addition to Missional Audio, stop by missionalaudio.com and suggest it. I might be able to add that, and I would really love to make this an amazing resource to help you and other people like you find the, the resources that they're looking for, specifically around podcasts and audiobooks. That's missionalaudio.com. All right, we're here with Tony Svensson, and he's shared a little bit about some of his experience with short-term missions, how he's seen it make a difference in the lives of people, and some of the things that God has been showing him over the last few months. Pretty good stuff. 
Now we're shifting our focus a little bit more toward the nuts and bolts because we know that sometimes there might be more than one opportunity in front of you and you might have to make a decision about strategy and, you know, with whom you might want to be involved or what group you might want to partner with on some stuff. So, Tony, as you think about making decisions about opportunities, how do you decide with what people or what ministries or what churches you're going to connect and and start building those partnerships? Yeah, I would say the first thing that, that I always have to do is I have to consider my end vision and really what, what my vision is initially. What, what am I trying to accomplish? What, is, what are my goals? So if I start with that, then it's easy for me to evaluate as I see the different opportunities that I'm presented with. I can ask that simple question, is this going to achieve the goal that I'm trying to reach? Is this going to advance you know, the vision of our ministry, the objectives that we have? And it begins to narrow down the opportunities pretty quickly. Mm. And so I would say I would just start with my end vision and what we're trying to accomplish and then kind of work backwards from there and just look at the different opportunities. Because as we've said, the, the opportunities are, are so abundant and they're so plentiful and there's so many things to do. We really have to start and ask, what is the end vision? And, you know, for us, it is, you know, fully great commission. We want to advance the gospel. You know, we want God's kingdom to come, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. And so we start there and we, we want to make sure that everything is strategically tied into that end vision of, of, of advancing the gospel, making disciples and planting churches. And so we start there and then look for the ministry opportunities that kind of fit in with that. And then after that, we, we you know, develop further strategies beyond that. But that's kind of our starting point. So if somebody is right now, maybe they're involved in short-term missions and they're just starting to hear this idea of strategy and having a long-term strategy and starting to align short-term trips with that kind of thing. And they're starting to want to make a transition or a shift in that direction. What's one thing that they might need to consider when they're starting to view short-term missions as part of a long-term strategy? Well, I think the, 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 the first thing you need to do is figure out, is there, is there a long-term strategy? Mm. And I think there's, there's a lot of, again, teams, a lot of mission teams that go into different countries and they do a lot of different projects and they don't really have a vision for a long-term strategy. And so, it, you know, short-term missions, if it's just projects and we're doing things, and, and again, some of these things are great, but we really have to consider long-term strategy and what is the long-term strategy. And so I would, I would really advise for people to really find out, you know, on the ground, are there people there you know, long-term vocational missionaries, missionary agencies like E3 who have long-term strategies that you can tie in with so that the things that you're doing will tie into, again, like we've talked about with, you know, orphans, you know, feeding, you know, poverty, medical missions, all of these things can be great tools, but they're even more powerful, you know, when they're tied into a long-term strategy. So I would really, you know, figure out, is there a long-term strategy? And if you don't have one, you know, find missionaries on the ground, find people do, that do have a long-term strategy that you can partner with so that the, the ministry that you are doing is, is going to be more fruitful. That, that's good. And I've, I'm, I have one that I didn't think about before, but as you were sharing, I just thought, you know, sometimes m- maybe there are missionaries that would like to have groups come and those groups maybe have a thing that they're interested in doing, maybe some kind of building project or something like that. And it seems like sometimes missionaries get some pressure to kind of fit the mold of what an incoming team would want to do. How can people make sure that they're really walking truly as partners in these kinds of situations? Yeah, I think you really need to consider, you know, who you're working with. You know, we've we've talked with some people that 
they they get an opportunity to receive a you know mission team in and they they tell them what they want to do they want to come in and, and clean up a building or paint walls and you know and again those things are great but you find out that they they go down and they paint a wall that's been painted 20 times by other mission teams yeah. and again their hearts are, are in the right place they're wanting to go serve and so you, that's where that long-term strategy kind of ties in is because there's not very many people that will refuse short-term mission teams, but you really have to find that point person on the ground that really has that vision for that long-term strategy so that they can, they can kind of guide you and tell you, you know, that wall's been painted before. It doesn't need to be painted again. We could really use you over here. And again, there's, there's no shortage of opportunity. We just have to make sure that what we're doing is helping to advance that long-term strategy and, and really, again, is helping to, to keep the gospel central. So you're helping the people that are on the ground long term, even really giving them, you know, some energy and some some encouragement as, as they're trying to advance the gospel in the areas that they're working in. Now, you've been doing this for several years. You mentioned that you started this with team. I forgot the name of the team. Was it? It was Team Uganda, right? Uganda. Yep. Yeah. So you, you've been doing this for a while. And I'm wondering, has has walking this way for the course of several years now, has that begun to change your perspective or the way you approach life? Yeah, absolutely. And really, it's I think anybody who gets involved in missions, it's it certainly becomes a lifestyle. And, and I'm not on mission. You know, when I when I go on a trip, I'm on mission <laughs> every day of my life, wow. which is, you know, a great a great joy to think every day that I, I get an opportunity to wake up and and be a missionary and be on mission, you know, exactly where God has placed me and really getting an opportunity to, to be involved in people's lives and, and help equip them to, to see that is also, you know, a great encouragement to me. And once you experience it, you can't go back. So <laughs> nice. I, th- I think in the beginning you had mentioned that there was a church that you had partnered with that, you know, had really over the years had really made some changes and was able to really impact their community. I'm wondering, as you think about vocational missionaries or the the local churches that you work with on, on the boots on the ground, so to speak, how have you seen them benefit from this kind of approach to being strategic and who you partner with and, and how you do what you do? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, like what, what we're doing right now in Ireland in particular is, you know, the, one of the first things that we did is we went in, we met with some local leaders. You know, I found a local guy who, who has a passion, you know, for seeing churches planted throughout Ireland. And then we kind of went back and said, okay, who's working, we're, who's working here on the ground? And we talked with some missionaries from, you know, Greater European Missions. We talked with some missionaries from the IMB. And, and we began to just sit down and say, hey, what would this look like if we all worked together? with one vision and pursued it together. And it was really kind of encouraging to see that we've all kind of worked independently for a long time. And, and what would it, what would it, what would happen if we just all said, Hey, this is about God's kingdom. Let's work together to pursue this. And so we're, we're even now kind of talking through what that looks like and where, you know, our teams can come in and help them. And so that's been kind of a real shift. I think over the years is there seems to be a rising unity within the body, which is, oh. which is awesome because it's, yeah. it's what it should be. <laughs> now you've mentioned several times that you, you've talked to people that are there that, you know, have some experience and that you really work to partner with them. I would imagine that these kinds of partnerships and these kinds of connections don't happen in just a 20 minute phone call. It, it sounds like this might take a little bit of time. 
if you could maybe just looking back, how much time do you invest in making sure that you've got the partnership as right as you can before you start moving forward and then kind of building that ongoing strategic relationship? Yeah, I think you got to you got to spend a lot of time, and I think, and again, it goes back to that establishing your vision and what what it is you're wanting to do in in the country or the location you're working in, and then making sure you're just contacting ministries and just saying, hey, here's our vision. Does this fit into with you know with what you're trying to accomplish here? And if it doesn't, it's it's not a big deal. We just say, hey, we we love what you guys are doing. That's great, but that doesn't really fit with us. And we've had that happen. But generally, when we sit down, we say, hey, here's our vision, and does this fit in with you? For example, in Ireland, we sat down at a meeting here just recently, actually, and we sat down and everybody said, wow, that, that is awesome. That is, that is our vision as well. So there was no reason, there was no barriers for us to working together. I just love that. I'm, I'm listening to this, and I'm just grinning from ear to ear hearing about that relationship. You, you did mention that sometimes you have to say, you know what, this isn't a great fit for us. Has anybody ever gotten upset about that kind of thing? I, would, I don't think so. There, there, I think there are probably times where people don't necessarily understand why we wouldn't want to work with them. But I think generally speaking, it makes the relationship easier long term because we can both kind of edify each other and say, hey, we love what you're doing. And a lot of times they love what we're doing. And, and we just kind of I think usually most people will see it right up front when the vision is different, mm -hmm. that it probably wouldn't work. But there are there are times when people can be discouraged but I think long term, if if we really are focused on that, this is this is God's work, and this isn't, it's not personal. It, it really is about accomplishing His goals, and His will would be done, His kingdom would come. And so I think if that's our goal, then you know God God works all that out. <laughs> yeah, that that's good. And I, I you know I I can't get past that focus on this is God's kingdom. It you know it seems like sometimes we we want to build our own kingdoms, right? We want to build our own alliances and become strong in ourselves, but it, it's not ours; it's His. I love that. With that, we are going to take one more quick break. When we come back, we're going to shift our focus to some of the questions that people ask before they go on missions trips or when they're considering where they should go. Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Missions Show. I've done a lot of training with them and helping them and, you know, focusing on the spiritual also so that they're equipped to pray with people. In other words, they can go into an area and they can deal with whatever's going on in that area with the person and they can begin to pray with the person, comfort the person, you know, speak into their lives. I tell you, I have such an awesome team of people that it just is, it, to me, it's amazing. With this group, I've only had this group for about two years now, and they have just grown in the Lord tremendously, and I, I, I'm just proud of every single one of them. If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Mission Show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. That's engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. All right, we're back with Tony Svensson. I am just absolutely loving what he's sharing. I think that it's incredibly encouraging, and it's also really good to hear his heart in what he's doing because it's, it's just so amazing to hear what God does. Now we're shifting our focus to some of the questions that people ask before they go on missions trips. So, Tony, if, if somebody's thinking about a short-term missions trip, maybe they're considering whether they should be involved, what might be the first couple of questions they should ask themselves before they sign up? 
Well, I would think the, the the first couple questions that I would I would encourage people to ask is, you know, am I am I equipped to go on mission? What am I wanting? You know, what am I wanting to accomplish in getting involved in missions? And I think I think some people just jump in and they don't really know what they're doing. And that's I mean, we've had a lot of people do that, and it's not bad. And a lot of times they're encouraged when they come back, you know, and they say, "Man, I I, I could have done this and I could have done that." And that's okay. We we encourage that as well, but. A lot of times your second mission trip, you're far more equipped than your first one. (laughs) So we always encourage people to, you know, get involved locally, get involved in your church, find out, you know, what your giftings, what your talents are and where you can serve with the the gifting and the talents that you have and the resources you have available to figure out where, you know, where God has gifted you ties into a short term mission team. And then really figure out, you know, is there a long-term strategy that the short-term mission trip, you know, I'm, I'm getting involved in is going to where I can be, I can be a benefit and, and serve in, in the kingdom in that, in that way. You mentioned the question of whether or not somebody is actually equipped to go on that trip. As far as people that co- work with E3 partners or go on those trips, do you provide that equipping before people go? Or is there the expectation that they would have already built those muscles, so to speak? Yeah, we, we provide the training and then we encourage people. I usually give them kind of an assignment sheet. And so we give, you know, we have some videos and we do some online video conferencing. And so we'll give you, give each person the training and then we'll try to tie them even into a local network that's work, working locally and we'll encourage them to go to trainings and, you know, get out in the harvest, share the gospel, things like that ahead of time. So that when, when we hit the ground, you know, for example, in Ireland, we hit the ground on Saturday and we're, we're going to start sharing the gospel that night. Mm. And so we want to make sure that people are equipped to, to share the gospel. And it's nothing complicated. Everything we do is, is simple, biblical, and reproducing. So we want to make sure that it can pass on, you know, generally, g- generationally. So it, it's not complex, but it's one of those things that if you haven't done your homework, if you haven't engaged in it ahead of time, it's going to be a little bit of a shock when you get on, on the ground. And we've had some, some novices that have never shared the gospel before, and we'll bring them through a process of, you know, modeling for them so they can see it we'll start handing off responsibility and we'll start to assist them and then we'll watch them hand it over. And eventually, you know, we'll launch them, you know, by the end of the week, a lot of people come back after some of our mission trips saying I wasn't equipped beforehand, but now I am equipped mm. and, and ready to go. But we always encourage people to do it ahead of time if, if they, you know, if it's all possible. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's talk about money. That's like the million dollar thing with people in, in short term missions trip. If somebody's thinking maybe they should go on a trip, but they're worried about maybe getting time off from work or they're worried about the money, what would you share with them? Well, I would say, I would say first and foremost, God provides. Mm. Again, this is, this is what God has called us to. He's called us to this work and he will provide. And I would say a lot of people tend to think of, they think of a short-term mission trip like they do a family vacation. And they tend to think, I've got to have the money to pay for this. And again, because this is God's work, there's a lot of people that we meet that want to give towards these sorts of things. And we've even had people that can't afford to go. And we tell them, raise your support. Give people in your community an opportunity to support you in this because it's going to open up opportunities for people to be involved in God's work. Mm-hmm. It's going to increase your, your partnership in prayer. It's going to, you know, it, it just, it really helps to get people involved in, in missions and we've had a lot of people that, that it started off by giving to somebody going into missions and then eventually said, I've given, now I need, maybe I need to go. 
Yeah. And so sometimes that can be a catalyst is to get people involved and engaged because they're hearing the stories, they're, they're seeing how God's working through people, and it kind of encourages them to, to want to be a part of it. So funds is, is one of those things that is scary for us, but, but God always provides if you're, if you're faithful and just letting people know your need. He, he always provides. Yeah, I, I would totally second that. I, you've probably seen it a lot more in your life than I have in mine, but I've definitely seen it a couple of times. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So let's plug E3 Partners for just a second, because we've talked a little bit about strategy and some of the things that you do. Could you share a little bit more about E3 Partners and and how you do partner with these organizations and, and a little bit more just about what E3 Partners does? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, E3 Partners, we, we equip God's people to evangelize His world and establish His church. I mean, so again, everything we do is generated uh, focused towards church planning, and our goal is to get to multiplication. So we, you know, we want churches to be planted and, and multiply, preferably to the fourth generation is kind of our goal. And so one of the, I think one of the things that we've really done as a, as a ministry that is, that is just really valuable for us is we've recognized that not everybody is gifted in the same way. And I think we've developed a lot of on-roads to get involved in ministry where you're gifted. So, you know, we have medical teams. So if you're a doctor or a nurse, that we'll, we'll have teams that will go in and we'll have medical trips. But again, it's all focused around church planning and getting the gospel into that community. We've got Game Life which is kind of a kids program that, that ties everything that we teach to adults into, you know, teaching youth or community transformation or sports or legacy or working with refugees. So we have all these opportunities, but at the center of it, it's always, it's always about church planning. It's mm-hmm. always about getting the gospel out, making disciples, planning healthy churches that will multiply. And so I think that's one thing that E3 has, has really done an extremely good job at is giving people opportunities to get involved where they're, where they're gifted with the opportunity to tie into these, again, long-term strategies where they can use their gifts and talents to benefit on a short-term mission trip, these you know, long-term strategies that will impact the kingdom. That's great. And if somebody's listening to this and they, they're really interested in E3 partners, wanted to learn a little bit more, where would you point them? E3partners.org. You know, we've got all of our trips on there. Everything that you would want to know about the ministry really is is on the website. And there are, again, you can look up the different trips and the different, you can look up the different opportunities that we have. If you're interested in medical missions or community transformation or sports or any of those, it's, it's categorized out that way too. So, All right, great. How can we best pray for you? Well, I would say just that, that God would continue to, to help us to raise up laborers that our upcoming mission trip, again, would, would tie into that long-term strategy of, of raising up indigenous leaders in, in Ireland that would continue this work when we leave, and that God would, would open up doors for his gospel and that his kingdom would advance. That's really our, our heart and what we want to see done in, in Ireland and around the world. Good stuff. And I'm going to encourage you to just take a second and do that right now. Pray for Tony and the ministry right now, because I know from my experience, if I think to myself, hey, I'll pray for that later, there's a good chance it won't do that. So pause the recording and take a minute to just pray for him and then come on back because we're not quite done yet. Now, Tony, as we're bringing this to a close, I'm wondering if you could maybe challenge us to do something in the next seven days. If you could, what would that be and why? Yeah, I would just, I would just say God is, you know, some people ask the question, has God called me into mission? I would say God, God's called you into mission. It's just figuring out where that is. 
And so I would, uh, you know, if you really feel calling to this, you know, talk to your pastor, talk to a missions pastor, somebody in your church and ask if your church has a strategy that, you know, a long-term strategy. And if they don't, just just look to somebody like an E3 Partners or other ministries that you can develop a long-term strategy at your church and be the catalyst to make that happen and get involved and really start praying as to where God would have you serve in, in his in his kingdom work. Good stuff. Tony, thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. It's been wonderful. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'd like to say thanks so much to Tony Svensson for being with us and also to you for joining us. Now, I mentioned at the beginning, and I wanted to bring this back up, I have a couple of opportunities for partnership. One is a way that you might be able to help increase visibility of this show so that we can help bring more connections to our guests and provide more insight and resources to the global body of Christ. What I'm going to ask you to do is go to podcastawards.com and nominate the Engaging Missions show. It won't cost you anything, at least as far as I know, it won't cost you anything except to just sign up so that you can make a nomination. They want to validate that it's it's really a nomination. This is something that I'm hoping will raise the visibility of the show so that I can provide a bigger audience for my guests to make potentially more connections and also so that more people can hear the stories of what God's done in their life because I think they're really encouraging. So that's one thing I'd ask you to do. Just stop by the show notes page and I'll have links there for you. The other thing doesn't really involve me so much, but I'm asking that you would also help me with our fundraiser as we're raising funds for Global Initiative. Now, this is not benefiting the Engaging Missions show. Global Initiative is an organization that's part of the Assemblies of God World Missions. They provide resources for the global body of Christ to engage and to share the love of Christ with Muslims globally. They've been doing this for quite some time. They're very good at it. They work with a number of organizations worldwide, not just denominations organizations and not just in the U.S., but with a lot of people. And I'm asking that you would help me, that you would pray about it, I guess, first. And then if God guides you to help me with this fundraiser, I'm I'm believing God for $4,000. You can find more about that at engagingmissions.com slash fund16. The show notes for today's episode are available at engagingmissions.com slash Tony Svensson 2. That's Tony Svensson, S-V-E-N-D-S-E-N. And then the number two, you're going to want to check those out because that's where we have all of the links for the things that we talked about. Make sure that you come back next week. We're going to be hearing from Nellie Ramirez about how hearing God's voice and asking for clarity has guided her in her life and the various things that she has going on with short-term missions. If you want to make sure that you don't miss that or any other episode, the best way to do that is subscribe using your favorite podcast app at engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. And if you know someone who would enjoy this show or benefit from it, please help us spread the word. Your recommendation could help people connect with the resources they need to be equipped, inspired, and challenged. Thanks again so much for being here. I really appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Mission Show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.